Hello, and welcome to the Crystal Clear Watchmaking Podcast. This is episode three. I'm your host, Luke, here with my co-host, Jay. How you doing today, Jay? Not bad. How are you, Luke? Doing well. Got an exciting podcast coming up here. I'm looking forward to it, as usual. Yeah, any fun updates in your life? Um, Actually, I... Um... They called you back on that Tudor Black Bay? Is that what happened? Uh, no, no, I wish. Uh, that, <laughs> I, I would have let off with that. But uh, okay. no, well, actually, the the thing that's new in my life, I actually want to use it later because it's going to transition into our topic here. Oh, okay. I like it. Okay, well, How about you? our topic today, for me, I'm also going to use a little bit of a transition. So our topic today is the dumbest watch trends. <laughs> and um, Love it. Yeah, no particular amount to these, but I got a few that I'm going to complain about. Now, I want to talk about, for a second, the opposite of a dumb watch trend, okay? Okay. So, I picked up this watch two weeks ago. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, right? So, I picked up the Humism Dasein, Dasein, and the thing I love about this watch is, is that they're really doing something different here. Now, basically... Since you guys can't see it, I'll put it in the show notes, but since you can't see it, what's going on here is they have three discs, and those discs are put on the hour, minute, and secondhand uh, pinions, right? Mm-hmm. And so, or wheels, I should say. So the point is, is when these wheels are moving, it causes like a kinetic art kaleidoscopy thing. Very hard to describe. Very hard to describe. But the thing no, that I, I love I, about it, yeah. I think you, I think you described exactly my first impression. Is like looks like a kaleidoscope, a black and white kaleidoscope. Yeah, I got it for winter because this particular version kind of looks like it. It's making snowflakes. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just wanted to support somebody who is doing something different. You know, not the same yeah. thing all the time. That's that's a good cause. And all it says five percent goes to charity. It does. Now, there are two downsides here. One is I was thinking about this mechanically and the top the top wheel. You know, when you think of a seconds hand, it mm-hmm. weighs almost nothing, right? Right. right? I mean, you literally cannot physically feel that you picked up anything when you pick it up with like uh, tweezers, right? Right. And these discs that are on the second hand are probably a hundred times heavier, like literally a hundred times heavier because <laughs> each of those spokes is significantly wider than a second's hand. And then it's got the big circle of material all the way around. Right. Right. But, but, but what's, is, is it being driven from the center? Yeah. Okay. So it's yeah. just being driven like a normal watch, except that they're discs. I see. I see. And so my concern is what about the torque caused by moving something a hundred times heavier than the movement was designed to move wow you that's that's like really getting in the details there yeah so my my thought is this might cause a couple parts to wear out sooner uh, or in a stranger order than a normal service of the same movement on another watch right um but that's purely speculation you know (laughs) but it makes sense to me that's that's so crazy that you would even think about that that's (laughs) i mean yeah Something but, you got to consider. <laughs> do, do, are, do, aren't there watches where it's driven from the outer? Uh, yeah. Like it, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, right. definitely. Like from our first episode, the Deep Space Turbion is done that way. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's um, so cool. Yeah, but I do I do like this watch. The other downside is that the company, their 
their branding can be a little bit cringy. <laughs> like yeah, I saw this well, commercial that they produced and they have like two models that are wearing this watch. Okay. And you know when like little kids will turn away from the other kid, wrap their arms around themselves and pretend like they're making out with a non-existent person. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Not, have you not seen a commercial that sounds rude? <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I'm talking about with like the hugging yeah. yourself and making it look like you're getting yeah, made out yeah. with? Yeah, there's yeah. like a couple of shots like that with the with the girl and the guy. And then there's some shots that should have been done in slow motion. But instead, they just told the actors like, we're going to do this in real time and just try to make it look really slow as you move <laughs> your hand. <laughs> that's hilarious now, and, now i want to see this ad <laughs> after I'll, I'll link it in the show notes yeah we won't take a pause okay. for it but yeah it's 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 kind of cringy and it's but whatever you know in the end it's the product that i think is interesting and they did a really good job with the product to, to me when i first saw this brand name hum humism it 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 already seemed cringy because it, it it sounds like they're trying to make it sound like humanism yeah yeah right yeah, I mean, I'm 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 staying away from all of the all of the outside things and just looking at the product. And I think the product we need more stuff like this. Very you know innovative. What I'm yes, I have to say yes. And you know they did this innovation without reinventing the wheel. This is no deep space <laughs> turbion where they had to completely come up with a new mechanism to drive everything from the outside right. or anything like that. They took yeah. a standard movement and they did something completely different with it. And I love that. Yeah. You could just stare at it for like, it's just, there's so much detail. It's a problem on my wrist, dude. I'm, I'm wearing <laughs> it right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the thing is the, the, because the hour wheel and the minute wheel are moving slowly, the pattern changes over time as well. Oh. So it's very hypnotic. You just keep looking at your wrist. Yeah. It's also a great sort of conversation starter. The first day I oh, wore this, sure. somebody was like, what's up with that watch? Yeah. So if you're somebody who likes who likes your watch to be noticed, I've got some watches that amongst watch collectors are like, oh, that's so cool. But you go out in public and it's like, nobody will ever notice that in a million years. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This one, if you like, if you like a little bit of interest, um, it, it'll definitely give you some. Yeah, it, it got other patterns too, I see at the bottom of the page. Yes, they do have other patterns. I just thought that this one was the best, um, but that's completely up to, you know, your own right. Your own interpretation or whatever. <clears throat> I, li I actually like the dimensions. They're not too big. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah, 39. You know, the other fun thing about this, which is just surprising, hmm. is when you look at it, you, you open up the full specifications yeah, that's what exactly what it did. Yeah. I am not a, uh, I'm not a leather guy. I can't tell you anything about leather working and how it's done and why I should care or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But I do know the three types of leather. Mm -hmm. The first one is full grain. Then you've got top grain. And mm -hmm. that's, a lot of people are like, ooh, top grain. That's kind of the best. But the actual best is full grain. It's just you don't see it on many products. And this is a full grain leather strap made in Italy. Mm -hmm. And so just a strap, I have to say, and, and you know, they could be lying to me. This could be a genuine leather product and I wouldn't be able to say, oh, I know leather so well that I can tell. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's only two types of leather I know, real leather and fake leather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So without going crazy into it, 
full grain is you basically just take off the hairs and you dye it. Mm. So the whole mm. naturalness of the leather is preserved. And especially the top layer, which is the strongest layer, right. is preserved. Top mm. grain, you, uh, you remove the very top layer of the leather, like sand it away or whatever. Yeah. And then you reapply something on top of that so that you can have it be extremely consistent. Uh, so, you know, even if the cow has like a little discoloration or whatever, it doesn't matter. Right, right. But it also weakens it a little bit because you took away the very strongest layer or yeah. some portion of the very strongest layer. Right. And then genuine leather is just what whatever, you know. This is just the garbage straps, you know. That means nothing, really. Yeah, it just means it just means this is not <laughs> fake. But, you know, there's grades of quality. <laughs> but sometimes so, they can mix like fake leather and real leather. Like, you know, and then they'll say it's real leather, but then there's parts of it isn't. Yeah, so I was kind of just surprised to see that it's a full grain strap. You know what I You don't see that see very that, often. Yeah, that uses a Seiko movement. It does, yeah. The NH35A is really common in these micro brands. Hmm. So they're not doing anything too crazy there, mm -hmm. but they're, they're definitely using it in a way that's crazy. So you know, yeah. give them big props. We're going to have this, by the time that this episode comes out on the podcasting service, you can go to Crystal Clear Watchmaking on YouTube. There's going to be a full review. You can see what we're talking about, give you some angles, give you the ups, the downs. There are a couple of little, little tiny complaints that I could make, um, and, and those will be addressed there. So what, what, what were you going to, what were you going to okay. tell us? S similar to you, I just got a new watch this week. Oh my gosh. We're watch buddies. Okay, what'd you get? Let me show you the link here. You know, we we intentionally don't talk to each other too much <laughs> so that this is all a surprise to each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Also, you notice from our last episode, now you read those full specifications on, on my watch and you're like, ooh, 316L steel. <laughs> I know what that yeah. means. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's got that molybdenum in there. We're going to have a quiz at the end, boys and girls. <laughs> okay, this is very ridiculously retro, what you've sent me here. Okay, you see this? Yes, I'm seeing it. So, um, I just got this watch. Um, let me, and, and, and this is going to actually... I, I think it looks really nice, like in pictures. Mm -hmm. um, you want to tell the people what, what, what it is exactly? Oh, that's right. Okay, so it's the Seiko Recraft snkp 23 um it's a pretty it, like luke said it's pretty retro it's got like a squarish face it's got um, one of those tv tv faces yes yes um it's got um like a blue kind of, the, the, the middle of the dial is blue and then it kind of blackens out towards the edges it's got mm -hmm. um day date very simple i like that i i, I hate the new seikos that have the five and all these other things on the dial. I just, I hate that. So I, so this looks pretty good, you know, in pictures, but when I got it, it's one of these watches where I didn't love it as much as I liked other Seikos that I have in person. Oh no. Oh like, no. That's it. Right. <sighs> so what are like you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, that's the thing. I bought it off Amazon. And okay. those of you who are in the U S um, Amazon, basic is a huge retailer and the return policy with amazon is very it's liberal. loose like, it's, it's loose. like <laughs> you just click up the thing and then you can return it easily so and, and now um in the u.s it's holiday season so the return policy is extended all the way uh, end of january so i have a couple months um 
I, I may return it. Um, I, like I said, I had the, I have the SKX um, Seiko, mm-hmm. and I and I also have the um, SKL twenty three. Um, it's a Seiko five. Those look stunning in person, and this one just did not do it for me in person. But the reason why I bought this watch, can you guess why, Luke? What does this watch look like to you with with the bracelet? Oh, you know, I was thinking about this when I first saw it. I was like, is that integrated, right. that bracelet? Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> You're thinking it looked a little bit integrated? Yeah, it looked a little integrated. It's got the blue face, stainless steel, squarish. <laughs> like, so, okay. So I bought it because it looks very similar to um, a Patek Philippe Nautilus. Okay. I, I think that's a strong statement. <laughs> Don't you, it has but, but some it, features in common. The bezel is flat brush steel. It looks kind of integrated, maybe. Right. I mean, it's it's. I mean, but I mean, I I think it looks a little bit like it. So that's that's why I bought it. But because I just love that look. Obviously, we we went through our five dream watches, and that was like on the top of my list. So right. So yeah, we'll see. So 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 that leads me into the first my first dumb watch trend which is all of these watches that are imitating the Gerald Genta design. You know what? Um, that was on my list too. <laughs> that, uh, although so on my list, dumb. it was just called, on my list, it was just called integrated bracelets. Okay. <laughs> but, but, but it's more than integrated bracelet, right? There's like the, the, the shape of the, of the face of the dial. There's the all stainless steel, uh, even though brushed steel, the, the bezel mat- flat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's got that bracelet, you know, we got the, so 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 let's get into it now. So so you don't like the integrated bracelet, right? Yeah. Do you want me to get into that? Yeah. Well, okay. What what makes a bracelet integrated? Because this looks integrated, but I can take the bracelet off of this. Right. Integrated means you can't. Oh, you you just okay. You literally cannot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just stuck on there. So like, for there's there's two reasons why I dislike. Three reasons why I dislike integrated bracelets. So the first one is that you know if I were to buy a Rolex, let's say not mm-hmm. integrated, right? The mm-hmm. first thing I would do is something that almost very few people who buy a Rolex do, which is I would just take off the bracelet. I put it off to the side because the bracelet is what gets damaged the most. Okay. So to me, if I take off that bracelet, I'm helping that resale value. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not a yeah. huge I'm not a huge resale guy and a lot of these Rolexes can look quite stunning on other straps as well. Yeah, but you shouldn't be thinking about resale the very first minute you have your watch, right? I mean, and, and you should buy the watch you want with the bracelet you want. Right. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But I do have that option. You know, right. I can yes. do that. But yeah. with all these integrated ones, all the all the damage throughout the entire lifetime of the watch, it's going to be on that bracelet, man. Yeah. That's a downside. And once that bracelet's looking a little ratty, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> You know, that's yeah. another that's another thing with it. You know, I just like the choice. And there's basically not a really strong argument for why you would want it to just be stuck on there forever, you know? Yeah, I was going to I was going to ask you why do they even have integrated bracelets? You know, from from the consumer standpoint, I can't come up with a good reason. Like I literally I've thought about this. I literally can't come up with a good reason. Because looks wise it it looks the same whether it's integrated or not like from the outside well like if you're looking at the nautilus for example if that bracelet could come off you'd have like a 10 millimeter strap size which would look ridiculous but like but if you could remove it 
then you could have one that kind of flares out after it comes down a little bit. I've seen that yeah. sort of thing. Um, you know, the Odysseus, in one sense, <laughs> when we were talking about that, did something yeah. right in that they were kind of going for an integrated look, but you could take off that bracelet. Yeah. You know? I mean, for, for the price of these watches to have integrated bracelet where if you damage the bracelet, that's part of the watch, that's crazy. Yeah, so I'm I'm not too hot on on the integrated bracelets. I mean, you can do things with like the center links and stuff, like especially on the Royal Oak, where there's just that's the only way it could be designed as integrated. So it opens now, up some more design space, I guess. Do, now, do all are all Royal Oaks integrated bracelet? As far as I know, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, so I'm not necessarily talking about the gerald genta thing on my list as suppose yeah. as compared to me just being against integrated bracelets i feel like what you get you get a little bit of possibility in the design space and stuff but what you lose is all of the different straps you could be putting on there you know I, all, I, all, I, all sorts of different fun you know seasons change you know it's autumn you could put on a nice you know old looking leather yeah. strap distressed and it would be yeah, match with your autumn color clothes, whatever, you know? Yeah, a, 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 a strap completely changes the watch. It's like, yeah, like you said, seasons, for different occasions. If you're a person that changes out your straps, you get twice as much watch collection out of your watch collection. Yeah. Is yeah. basically what I would say. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so I want to show you this since we're on the Gerald Genta imitation. This is... A watch that I want to get as well that also is inspired. Now, so you're you said that this is a dumb watch trend, but you're you're into it. <laughs> you're still you're still wanting to buy it. Yeah, it's, I've seen it's, this thing. It's it's a dumb it is a dumb watch trend, but it's but but that's the thing. The the one I bought it didn't turn out well, right? Right. Now what I'd say about that Seiko is we mm-hmm. have an Instagram. If you're gonna return it, at least take a quick pic first. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a picture and put, put it on there for sure. Because I'll, I'll try and capture what stock pictures don't see in the dial. It it, it, it makes it look cheap. On really, when you see it in person, it feels not so great. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I mean, I'll I'll put it on the Instagram for you guys to see it, get get an in tight shot. And it looks like it's it looks like it's hard like so it's not sapphire for almost three hundred dollars. Yeah. 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 Well. Seiko has, I guess, their own Hardlex. I mean, every company must, but it's supposed well, well, to be. Well, Hardlex is the Seiko Hardlex. That's the Seiko name for that. Oh, really? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's by Seiko? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Hardlex is a Seiko proprietary crystal. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. If if you were talking generics, you'd call it a mineral crystal from, you know, other suppliers or companies or whatever. Okay. But yeah, it looks like it's a Hardlex, which is too bad. So I just sent you... Okay, so very quickly, this other Gerald Genta-inspired Casio that I want to get is this G-Shock GA2100. Very hot watch right now. Luke, you said you you mentioned you, you can't come across this as well? Yeah, I did see it. Um, you were showing me the blacked-out version, which I feel yes. like has some readability. I like the one that has the like lighter gray indices. The white? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that you can actually read the time. So, okay, so let me ask you. So this watch, does it look like it got um, design cues from Jelgen? Yeah, absolutely. There's no question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's got the octagonal um, face. See, but now if you go into flat the pictures... Flat bezel. I mean, it's not, it's not blood brush steel because this is all black, but... <laughs> yeah, and it's 
if if anyone knows G-Shocks, they they basically not I don't, I don't want to say invented, but they were a big player in the big chunky watch, you know. Um, back oh in yeah, yeah. You have right? to give them credit for the big, the huge watch yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So this is the thinnest G-Shock they've ever made. Yeah, um, it's I, thin. It just I, has a lot of wrist presence, like yeah, in in the other dimensions. Now, to your point, the integrate. Did you think this? I mean, obviously, it's not a bracelet because it's a Casio, but it kind of looks integrated, right? The strap. Yeah, it's designed to look integrated, but I think it actually just comes into the case. If exactly. We take one of these side views. I think this thing could be replaced. It's. It is. It's got a quick release. Um, yeah. For see, the I'm straps. into that. I'm into that. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes it easier. So you don't even have to use tools and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it looks like maybe. With that, I'm not a big G-Shock guy at all. You were saying that right. you used to wear them more, but yeah, I did. Um, it looks like you might be served better getting one from the company than putting on generic straps on this thing. Might look yeah. a little awkward. But I think what Casio is going to do is they're going to release different straps for it, so that it will be stock straps. Just yeah, be... yeah. That's all I had to say. I, the Gerald Genta imitators. I mean, like I said, I'm not even a fan of the Royal. Oak. I think that doesn't. But but <laughs> that is Gerald. With this is you're like. You know it's yeah. a dumb watch trend, Gerald Genta <laughs> slash integrated bracelets. Also, I really want to buy these <laughs> watches. <laughs> yeah. It's true because I I like like I like um the Nautilus so you know that is true. This this is this one this Casio is a lot more Royal Oaky than it is Nautilusy though. So so on the internet they're calling this the the Cassie Oak. Get it? Cassio. Yeah. Cassio. I mean it definitely deserves that. It's definitely not the Castleus Castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the nada eo the shockless <laughs> there you go the shockless it's definitely not that i think it looks way more like the royal oak so i'm actually kind of surprised that you're interested i guess it doesn't have those little rivets those, on the I, yeah that that, that, my main thing against that's the okay rivets yeah all right well my next my next trend is nuclear hot okay okay <laughs> You're coming in hot. People will be offended. Okay. okay. Dumb watch trend, divers. Woo. I'm, I'm offended. <laughs> so My first Seiko was a diver. Anyways. So here's my logic, okay? <clears throat> okay. So first I'd like to say, now that, you, now that you're mad at us, let me diffuse things a little bit. There's no particular diver watch that offends me. There's no company that makes divers that offends me. You know, there's nobody who buys a diver where I'm like, what a dummy. He just bought a diver. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? None Uh of those things are a problem. But the thing is, is the saturation is so intense. There's such a ridiculous amount of divers out there because people keep buying them, you know, market forces that we're not getting things like my Whomism watch, you know? (laughs) It's just another diver and another diver, and this one's got good loom, and this one's, ooh, the bezel action is real nice. You know what I'm saying? But it's still divers and divers and divers. I'd like to see some new, interesting, good stuff out there, and I feel like once you have one diver, two divers, you probably have enough divers. <laughs> now, I do understand some of the things that people are talking about when or thinking about maybe even subconsciously with divers. I think the thing about divers and men is that a diver, you know, can go underwater. When you're wearing that diver, it's like, I'm a man. I'm ready for an adventure <laughs> right now. You I'm know? A man. This watch <laughs> makes me a man. 
<laughs> it's kind of like an IPA, but not actually. It's, so, so it's, yeah. it's it's because of it's because so so you're not against diving as a tool watch because that's what it was originally made. No, for. not at all. For diving, and, but right? nobody is diving with these dive watches, <laughs> right? Right. And you know, to me, it's just like imagine all the fun because there's so many people thinking about divers in design and stuff. Imagine mm. if they were away from that constraint and they're making us really cool non-diver watches. Yeah. I, I mean, that kind of goes back to the, to, to, to Gerald Gen- It's a design imitation. It, the, 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 the subs were so popular that everyone wants to, to be made to make it because they, they, they sell well. They're inspiration. Yeah. I mean, there's other there's other divers like the 50 Fathoms and stuff that are really famous, and you know, the Panerais, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just feel like there's so much potential out there, so mm-hmm. much, and I feel like so much energy is being focused into such a narrow concept. You know, we could have some really cool stuff. Yeah, the thing that makes that's weird about divers is that. It's so um, twisted now that divers that come up, you, they're not even rated for diving. Like yeah, some you, of them have you, almost no water they resistance. They probably break if you went down there <laughs> that deep, right? Yeah, some some of them that is absolutely a fact. Yeah, it's but, just the look. Yeah. So that's my complaint. Too okay. many divers. Let me ask you: Do you own any divers? I own one. I wouldn't call it a diver. I'd call it like a diver. You know what? I feel like you would really like this watch, actually. Okay. Because it's got an integrated bracelet. It's got a Pepsi bezel. <laughs> wow. You, you with the against integrated bracelets, have an integrated one. Okay. Yeah. But here's where it all falls apart. And most people are like, what's even going on here? Is uh, It's an antique uh, quartz watch made in the Soviet Union wow. by the company Slava. And it's kind of cool because when you pop off the case back, you know, now when you look inside of a quartz watch, it's like circuit board, you know, right. mechanically put together by machines. This one's right. like hand soldered wires. Wow. So it, it still gives that like, you know, made by a human feel to it that I like. Yeah. Um, and it is absolutely shredded. It is not in good condition. Um very no extra you. links. So when I bought it, I was like, well, if it doesn't fit my wrist, I don't know what I'm going to do with this thing because <laughs> it's got an integrated <laughs> that's a, that's bracelet. That's a big gamble. <laughs> yeah. But it was $75. Guess that's a good deal. And and it got a lot of upvotes on Reddit, so probably worth it. <laughs> How did you come into such a watch? Like, were you looking for it? Did it happen upon you? I went through a little bit of a Russian watch phase Okay. because, you know... They're really, really, really cheap. They got some interesting history with the Soviet Union and so on and so forth. And um, yeah, they do so have I a it. certain distinct look. I, I, I do have to say. Yeah. So yes, I do have. It's it looks, but it's not water resistant at all. <laughs> okay. It is like not even when it was new was it water resistant. Not even a mm. little bit. This thing is like, <laughs> I wouldn't even. I'd look at that a little sideways, washing my hands. So yeah, I've got something that's a bit of a diver in its look, but very far away from a diver in reality. It sounds interesting. It is. I should maybe post it on the Instagram. It's been a while. Yeah, post it on Instagram. Um, okay, so my next trend. If sorry, are you done with yours, Luke? I'm done. Did I? Right. Did I? 
you barely contributed. Did I just completely destroy the trend? <laughs> uh, no, no, I. It's 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 true. It's this. I I completely agree with you. So it's hard to you know debate. And and it's funny because even though that's your trend and I agree with you, we both have dive watches. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, any serious collector probably has at least one dive watch. Yeah, I think the one, like, one dive watch, if you don't have a dive watch, I'm looking a little sideways. I'm like, yeah. hey, they're a pretty versatile watch, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. like, I mean, I've seen some people post pictures of their collection that's literally 12 dive watches in the in the box. And I'm like, yeah. what is even happening? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I think a lot of times when people first get started collecting, dive watches is just so infamous that that's many people's first dive watch i mean first watch period yeah i mean i filled up a watch box with russian watches so you know mm -hmm. if somebody gets hooked on the dive watch thing i can see the same thing happening but you know <laughs> yeah i would like to see less on the market a little bit but that's up to us we gotta buy interesting different stuff more, we gotta more say humanism. no to the next dive watch kickstarter you know yeah more more kaleidoscope humanism watches. Yeah, just don't watch the commercials. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's what's your next one you wanted to do? Okay, so so my next one is, and and I touched on this earlier with with the Casio G Shock, is watches that are getting bigger in case size. I see what you're talking about. What I would, but I'll, I'll let. I don't want to cut you off too early. Say say okay. your piece. No. Okay. First off, I I have a small wrist, so when you get you know. Obviously, the trend in watches now, I don't want to say obviously, but if you, again, going back to the dive, the most famous dive watch, a Submariner, you go back in time, it, most lines of watches are smaller back in the day. Most vintage watches are smaller. So when you have vintage remakes now, they're just, they're just smaller to, to harken back to that time. And I think that's a good idea because I just think it's getting out of hand. The G-Shock chunky watch revolution, that's fine. That's G-Shock with their signature thing, but now everything is like getting bigger and bigger like you, like you look at uh, rolex gmt you look at um <clears throat> i don't know any uh, submariner um you know. how big is the submariner it's not that big is it it's pretty well it's bigger than the older ones oh yeah yeah they've increased right? in size yeah i would say that, here's what i would say about this is so so again the yeah, caveat is yeah. i have a small wrist right so yeah. if you have a bigger wrist of course you want a bigger watch i mean maybe human wrists are getting bigger i i don't know well they're definitely getting fatter <laughs> that's true but what i would say about the submariners is they're actually 40 millimeters okay they wear a little bit bigger but 40 millimeters mm, that's fine with me i feel like that's the threshold once you go above 40 millimeters it's getting big but but again you can't it's like anything else. You can't just go by specs. You gotta, like you said, is, do they wear big? Do they wear small? Right. Yeah, but I feel like I your your concern about big watches is gonna yeah. be ending soon. Because why? Why do you say that? Because this was a huge trend, and right. we're on the downswing from that trend. Okay, that's good. That's good for me. Yeah. Now, since you're getting new into collecting, I feel like you see that huge bubble that was in the in the in the recent past but mm -hmm. you don't i feel like you're not gonna have to worry about it people are starting to look at 40 39 millimeters starting yeah. to think that's looking a lot more attractive I, I think like like i said i'm on the waiting list for a, a tudor black bay 58 i think that's one of the huge reasons why that watch is so popular just because of the size is it 36 or what is it i think it's 38 okay 
It's definitely not 36. It's not that small. Because 36 is like actual vintage size usually, right? Yeah, yeah. But but again, it's how it wears as well. So yeah, yeah. And and a lot of these like a lot of watches now offer two sizes in men's. You know so that I'm a big offer... fan of. You're a little bit of a bigger dude. I mean, some dudes just have giant wrists. You know, yeah. and right. so you know if they need a 44 millimeter watch or something, that is yeah. cool with me. But I do yeah. I do like the two size scenario. Yeah. It also hits the ladies market a little bit better. Right. I mean, but there is the the, the ladies have their own line too. I, I'm ta- I'm speaking just for men's. Sometimes I'll two men's sizes. Right, but <clears throat> some ladies want to throw on a Submariner. Yeah. Or you know yeah. whatever, and the fact that they can get one that's just a little bit smaller, not the crazy chunky monkey size, is yeah. also is also kind of nice. You you touched on something interesting, Luke, that I just didn't even think of. Is like the the women is it me or is the women's watch market severely underserved? <sighs> I mean. I would say this is one of those things where when I think of it from my own perspective, I think yes. But then I think, you know, just like when we were talking about your the the shade of pink on an Apple Watch that they're right. trying to sell to women, I feel like it's probably being served as much as there is demand, you know. Okay. Probably right. capitalism is happening, you know, and there there are probably huge watch fanatics that are ladies. But there just aren't enough of them for the companies to say, we're going to make some super awesome watches, you know, for the ladies. Right. I mean, I was, I was I actually mean, looking at one recently, though, which yeah. is totally awesome. Uh, it's called the MBNF Flying T or something like that. Okay. It is designed to be a ladies' watch. And this thing is awesome. It's kind of like the Deep Space Tourbillon, is what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. But for the ladies. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, again, like you said, it's the demand as well. It's just like, like uh, how many women watchmakers are there? You know, so it's like, it's going to be guys making watches that they think women will like. Right. But I mean, there are lots of guys that make products for women and yeah. are successful. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm not too worried about that. Um, as far as like the literal watchmakers, it's extremely male dominated. That, that's what I was guessing. Yeah. Um, yeah so. And, you know, for reasons unknown. Uh, but, yeah, we need to do a ladies' watch episode. That's basically what I'm what I'm starting to feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys doing a ladies' watch episode. I mean, your wife, does she wear a watch? She could join? She's, she's, she's not, she could join, but she's not into watches. Again, that's, there's the demand thing. She's not into watches at all. She just wears her Apple Watch that I got her, and she's only wearing it because I got it for her. Which one did you get? I got I got the uh, rose gold one, the, the thirty eight. There you go. So she likes it. It's it's nothing. I mean, an Apple Watch is an Apple Watch. It's not like the watches we're talking about, right? She's not into that side of. It. Yeah, I could tell you, I would be very excited if women made a big rush on the watch market and started demanding high quality, yeah. uh, mechanical watches. Because I yeah. wear a lot of uh vintage watches. They're pretty small. A lot of them are kind of women's watch sizes these days. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if that were to happen, I could get into the ladies' watch market and grab a few <laughs> little pieces that, you know, might look yeah. pretty sweet, regardless yeah. of uh, ladies' watch design or not. You could say that would be the opposite of a dumb trend. A smart trend would be the ladies' watches increasing. That would be awesome, actually. That would be awesome. Right? Yeah. But not like the Michael Kors type ladies' watches. 
We're talking I mean, real nice yeah. mechanical <laughs> timepieces. Did you just crap on Michael Kors? Is that what I'm hearing? I did. I saw one today. <laughs> I was actually confused when I saw this girl wearing this watch because it was weird. She was wearing it on her, like, on her ulna. Like... What is that? Oh, like a different, not like not the wrist. Like, it, like, okay, you don't you don't normally wear it on top of your wrist. Imagine oh, yeah, if yeah, you yeah, pushed yeah, yeah, yeah. it ninety degrees uh, yeah. away from you. Okay. I was like, how is that even comfortable? I don't, I don't even understand what's happening now. And it's not like it has a better angle to show off to people because it's like when you're walking, it would be facing like behind you. Yeah, it's. I. It was just very strange. I was. Just, why are you wearing it there? Yeah. Maybe it was just very. Maybe there is no reason. Maybe she's just wearing it very loose, like a bracelet, and she doesn't really care where it is. Yeah, yeah, because I've seen some women wear it where like the, the face is on the inside of the wrist, like on the underside. Well, so. that that is that is that's actually reasonable. Like soldiers right. sometimes would wear them on the inside of their wrist so that they can look while they're holding a gun or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's so practical. yeah, it could that can very much be a practical thing. But 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 nowadays I've seen women do that. Like I mean, you rarely see men do that. Yeah, I mean we've got on average chunkier watches. I feel like you'd really be slamming them against the table quite hard on average. Yeah. <laughs> but, I but anyways, <laughs> yeah. well, women's watches good. Okay, so next if we do a podcast with that, we need we should probably we should try to get a guest lady on here. Ladies, There's a couple really good. Uh, lady watch bloggers oh yeah yeah but we'll, we'll we'll have to contact them once we're once we got a few more episodes out we'll say we'll have to do some collaboration absolutely so who did the last one i don't even remember anymore was divers I mean, the last one what was yours no, large large size large case sizes large case sizes right right perfect that's why we got to ladies watches so yes. so my next one okay okay special editions Oh, I had something similar to this, but I'll, I'll let you. <laughs> so here's the thing about special editions, okay? Like if you look at the Omega Seamaster, there's a new special edition every week, every year, <laughs> every week practically. It's ridiculous. Now, here's the thing about special editions. They're not One, special. <laughs> they're not. They're not special okay. at all. So there's two things going on here. One of them is the what they call in marketing the fear of missing out. Okay. FOMO. Yes. And basically, it's like, oh, you got to get this now. It's not coming mm -hmm. back. Blah, blah, blah. They do this on, like, uh, microtransactions and games, too. Oh, get this skin for your character. It's the Christmas one. It's never coming back again. You but know? you know what? It, wor it works. That it works. works. It works. So that's one thing, okay? Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is actually an even bigger part of it, if you remember in our first episode... We were talking about that Along and Zana 1815 Tourbillon. Right. And you were like, oh man, they're only making 100 of these, right? Mm -hmm. Me, I think their marketing department, their business department probably said, how many $200,000 dress watch Tourbillons can we sell? You know? Mm -hmm. They were probably mm -hmm. like, hmm, probably about 100. <laughs> you know? And then they just. Made a hundred, call it limited edition. <laughs> and but but I but I also think for those kind of what like that's like a very high end brand, right? Like you don't you know you don't you don't see um, two like it seems like special editions are more for like the middle or lower brands, but like 
that kind of watch is like it takes man hours to actually make so, they, yeah, so that part thing of it could technically right. not a special edition they just said we are only making 100 okay but i think when like omega's making their speedmasters and yeah. that in the special editions they're probably yeah. doing the same math they're probably saying yeah. how many yeah, of these yeah, can yeah. we sell now if we add a little bit of fear of missing out by calling it a special edition maybe we'll sell an extra 500 you know whatever you know there's whole business lines outside of watches that just this is their main business you've heard of that brand supreme that, yeah, that's all yeah. they do like all they do is you know they call them quote-unquote drops there's certain drops and once that drop is gone you can't buy it like they're never going to make it again yeah so the whole the business secondary is market, this concept yes yeah. yeah secondary market explodes you know hype builds for the next drop so but yeah that's so I yeah hate that i too. hate special editions especially in things like seiko it's like you're yeah. making a special edition like 500 dollars seiko it's like how special is it if you're making 10,000 of them? Yeah. You know, how special is it if you're making 100,000 of them? It's just like totally ridiculous. So, so my, so my thing was like, you know how there's like those, the, 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 the when they make special editions and they, and they do crossovers with car brands like Porsche and Ferrari. Yeah. This is the Ferrari. And that's like so stupid. It's like, okay, so if you drive a Ferrari, are you going to wear a watch that says Ferrari and it's not even a nice watch? Or B, well, some of them are do, very nice. Let's not so, let's not confuse okay. that. Yeah, but but again, I still think it's dumb that there's a, there's even such a special edition exists for that purpose. Well, I'm not really against that, frankly, because no. they're they're doing you... something different, and I'm I'm okay <laughs> with companies doing something different. Yeah, you know what they're doing different? They're just putting the name on the dial. That's all. That's all. That's different. No, because they'll be like, oh, we're gonna have it be carbon fiber. We're gonna take the gears and we're going to try to put them together so it looks like an engine you know whatever <laughs> they're trying to make it they're like based on like uh the speedometer on cars is what the dial looks like whatever i mean that to me is not yeah. too much of a problem I'm, I'm against it too but agree to disagree <laughs> okay but my thing is when they have like the seiko alpinist in green selling real well super hot item they're like okay we sold enough of those. We'll discontinue it for a little bit. And then they're like, okay, now we're going to do a special edition in blue. <laughs> yeah. And then just like sell 100,000, whatever. I don't know what the number is. It's like, why don't you just make more greens, make more blues? Yeah, just make it blue and don't call it special edition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> what is going on here? Yeah. I think it's very unnecessary and, you know. But it's it's like you said. There's like money people sitting in a room saying, "What can we do to drum up sales?" This is stuff. That... Yeah, I feel like watch collectors have to get over the special edition thing. There's just so many special editions. <laughs> You're never gonna come up to me with your special edition watch and me and be like, "Oh wow, that's the special edition version or whatever." You know, it's well, just. Did uh... Rolex sometimes have special edition Tiffany watches? And and the only thing different was that it said Tiffany on it? They weren't special edition. Those were more oh, okay. like your Ferrari example, whereas two companies working together. Okay. And well, and Rolex so... doesn't do that anymore. That that was uh that was an antique type thing, is my understanding. Okay. Because Rolex is such a strong brand. Yeah, they don't, the, they don't would... need to work with people. It, to me it almost cheapens your brand if you put too many special editions like that. Oh yeah. I wouldn't want a Rolex that said Tiffany's on it. That's yeah, a, but they're, that's but they're worse... worth a lot, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I agree. I wouldn't either. All things being equal. So, yeah, I'm just 
sick and tired of special editions. Just make some watches, sell <laughs> some watches. Let's have some honesty. Let's not try to get people all worked up and stressed out, you know? Let's have yeah. fun in our hobby. I yeah. totally understand the thing where it's like, I understand more the Along and Zana. They're like, we're going to make 100 of these because only 100 people are going to spend $200,000 on this exact watch, we think, type thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so I'll do... Are, are, okay, are you done? Are we done with that one? I'm done. I'm done complaining. Okay. I'm going to start complaining about something else that we touched on last week. So my next dumb watch trend that we touched upon last week is drumroll skeleton dials. Oh, okay. Remember that? Did my drumroll come through to you? <laughs> it did, yeah. It, it sounded like you have an actual drum there. I'm just slapping the table <laughs> that the mic is on. That could actually be very ugly in the final recording. We'll see. <laughs> yes, so skeleton dials i i have a feeling luke you hate them too not hate but it's dumb no i completely disagree massively you do i do but continue can't, <laughs> can't read can't read the damn thing um so there's that and I, again last week i i um i linked that one that uh the oris x big um, pilot yes so so some of them are tasteful so it's like you know like you you you, you don't like this uh dive watch trend but you have a dive watch so some of them are tasteful but it, as a whole i think it's just it's got to go away too, there's too many of them it, it it decreases the usability of a watch which is to be able to read the damn <laughs> i mean you, you, you and you can you can appreciate the inner workings of it i i get that but that's what the transparent case back is for but what if you want to keep your watch on and have the transparent case back experience ah that I got a solution for that. You flip it around and at, with a leather strap, put it on backwards. But your buckle <laughs> won't go backwards, will it? That well, there's marketing Here, I've got one on right now. I'm going to try this. Marketing opportunity right now. I've never tried this in my life. Can I get this buckle to attach backwards? <laughs> and I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Use your imagination. No, it it doesn't work when it's backwards. It pulls <laughs> it pulls back out. So as much as, as you wanted to say that that was a solution, I'm sorry. Well, if you had quick release straps, it would be a solution. You can swap the straps around. <laughs> That's true. I do have, this actually has quick release straps, so I could hypothetically do that, yes. There you go, see? <laughs> but what if you're wearing something that has an exhibition case back, like the Octo Finissimo, but it has an yeah. integrated bracelet? Uh, then yeah, what no, are you going to do? <laughs> then you're screwed. Now you just crossed our two dumbest watch trends together. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I I know some of the skeleton dolls where it's only some of it is cut out. That can be tasteful, but I just think it's just it's it looks too too busy. Like it just reminds me of that brand that 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 Hublot brand is all about skeleton. So what you're saying is is that you hate tourbillons because you're cutting into the movement so that you can see it. In a way, but the tourbillons a lot of times it's only the tourbillon you see. The rest of the dials you see the face. Which is fine. You see the indices, and... <laughs> so it's 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 when the whole thing is like cut out, you know. Yeah, what I'd say is, is what are your thoughts? You're a hundred percent right on the on the lower readability, and I don't think there's any two ways about it. There's no way for you to make a skeletonized watch that is as readable as a non-skeletonized watch that has a reasonable design. <laughs> 
because some dials are not skeletonized but are still completely illegible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But all in all, a skeletonized watch is going to be less legible. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, you know? But the thing is, I love the insides of watches. <laughs> yeah, I I do too. And I want to look but, in there. But it's like a lot of things. Just it, you could keep like you don't have to show it off just because you have something nice. You know, you know what I'm saying? Here's my question. When you look at my humism watch, yes, legibility decreased. Yeah. I, I mean, I find that I can read the time actually quite reasonably quick, but it's not as fast as if I just had this white dial with regular hands. Yeah, but part of it is doesn't have indices. Does it have indices? Uh, it does, but they're just recesses into the white dial. Oh, they do. Okay, yeah. So yeah. it's not like once you got used to it, you'd be able to you'd be fine, I think. You know, because because you got like the 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 white circle and you got the black circle. Once you realize how to actually read it, I, I think you'd be better off with this than the skeleton. But a lot of skeletons have, uh, you know, indices. That's true. Let me let me send you a picture here, and you tell me if you feel like this is not legible enough. This is a regular old Orient. We're not going into crazy levels of expensive watches to find an example. But how do you feel about this? This one's not so bad, but all, but only because the um, hour and uh, minute hands are such a distinctly different color. Yeah, they're blued. Although in this right. case, they're not blued. They are blue. They are probably dipped in some liquid that they right. weren't. We when we talked about on our materials episode, these weren't heat blued. Why? Why would you say that? Uh, because you're not going to find heat blued hands in a watch that's made on the low end of Orient. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You um, can tell. You can tell in person and in right. some product shots, but this one doesn't have enough dynamic light for me to like tell tell. But I can yeah. just logic that they're not yeah. heat blued. <laughs> okay, no, I, I was just curious. I wasn't being. I just, you know, I, just, I, I was like, how, how would you be able to tell? But yeah, that is probably a higher end. But this is not too bad. But still, it's 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 still busy. You know, it is. It is. And I think it's a little. But it has indices. You know, so yes. that that is increasing yeah. the legibility and stuff. I think another thing that for this particular one is that it has subdial seconds. So you have less hands overlapping each other to get you confused when you've already yes. got a kind of busy background. Yes. Yeah. Now here, I'm going to give you one more watch. Okay. Yeah. Now we're going to the high end and we're looking at something kind of high end skeletonized in a way. We're looking at the Executive Tourbillon Freewheel 1766 by Ulysse Nardal. Oh, this is a $100,000 watch. It is not inexpensive. What do you, what do you think of this? this type of skeletonization it's it's i'd say a it's a different kind of skeletonization because because you don't not everything you can see through it it, it it looks like it's only some parts that are notched out but b there's no indices so again that makes it hard yeah so it's like this, a very minimalist dress watch type thing yeah this is tasteful to me this is not completely skeletonized it seems like only the some of the sub dials or are those even dials just some of it is they're not dials yeah basically what's going on here is that they're putting normally you have like large bridges over multiple wheels and then you cut out the material in that bridge Mm -hmm. but this one they're just taking each individual part and giving it like a tiny bridge exactly yeah (laughs) so it's not really it doesn't look traditionally skeletonized and a little bit of it is behind behind the mechanism but actually most of it isn't it's pretty cool it's, it is cool. Um, okay, so 
I think that on this one, also, this isn't a trend. Skeletonization has been out for a heck of a long time. Oh, yeah, but not, but so, so have uh, dive watches. Mm, less so. Dive watches are like 100 really? years old. Yeah. Really? You're saying skeletonization has been around longer than dive watches? Way longer. They were like skeletonizing really? clocks back in the day. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I would have never thought that. Because to me, they seem like such a newer thing. They do seem like they could be a more modern thing, but actually they're the much older of the two things. Yeah, Yeah, like basically waterproof watches sort of started with Rolex, actually. And that's why a lot of them are called oyster cases, because oysters can protect things from the water. Ah, You know what I'm saying? That's that's a nice piece of trivia. (laughs) A little piece of trivia there. Um, I've always wondered that, actually, but okay. Why they're called oyster cases? Yeah. Yeah, it was to really push the waterproofness thing. Okay. He even put his watches in, like, fish tanks <laughs> to display them to show how water-resistant they were. Of course, back then, they just called it waterproof. Right. Yeah, and it's because it means two different things now, waterproof and water-resistant. Yeah, waterproof means this is illegal, and you're not allowed to write this on a watch for sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because some stuff is, like, electronic. Some stuff is, like, splash-proof. So you can't submerse it, but right, it's yeah. water resistant. Especially phones. Yeah. So I think you had one more trend than me. So you get to do two in a row, right? Uh, no, because mine overlapped. I had one other one, but it's kind of like... Um, okay, so you're done? I'll just throw it out there since we're at the end. Yeah, throw it out there. This is kind of... It's not really a watchmaking trend. It's more... Okay, I'm just going to throw it out there. Um you know a lot of in the secondary market especially with rolexes people mm-hmm. like vintage is in right and and i'm not saying vintage is a is is, is a bad trend when 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 some of the ha- things have fake aged patinas and i, I and Ooh, it's pretty okay it's it's pretty niche but like why why would you want something that has that would fake the oldness of the patina that's to me that's kind of dumb so here's a question are you against ripped jeans that are pre-ripped? <laughs> it's basically the same thing. Yes. <laughs> I am. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, that's literally like that's like the same in, in, in the jeans business. Yeah, or I admit, I'm not too I'm not too hot on the like pre-patinaed stuff. You find it especially on loom. Yes. Loom yeah. is the thing that you always see pre-patinaed and it's basically like tan colored. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that either, now that you mention it. Let me ask you, are you a fan of ripped jeans? Pre-ripped jeans? Why, you actually have to think about this. The thing is, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like, I like ladies. They can look pretty sexy. I don't know. Yeah. But that's kind of, that's kind of like 90s sexy. But I was like, you know, getting interested in ladies in that kind of time period. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) No, I, I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm against ripped jeans. I'm against pre-ripped jeans. So I, so I like a patina that's naturally faded. That's fine. It's, it's, it's when they like fake do it, you know, or are coming out of the factory. Yeah, I'm not huge into the pre pre patinaed stuff. I think it looks. I mean, it looks like you know what it's supposed to look like, except that the case is all perfect and exactly. the dial's all perfect. It's just typically the it's, loom. Yeah, it's got to be the whole picture on a watch, like the whole. You know, thing it's got to look vintage, and I and I can appreciate that. But it's when they just take certain pieces and like the patina. No, that's that's a no bueno for me. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like vintage is nice. I like vintage. I think we can all agree vintage like vintage is tasteful. Yeah. Yeah. Now here is an interesting watch, okay? I'm going <clears> to <throat> send you this watch, all right? Yeah. And this is exactly what you're talking about. And it's so basically what we're talking about here is this is an original company that made the original Flieger watches for the Luftwaffe in World War II. And here okay. they're making 55 millimeter across exactly like back then. And then they're making it look old too. So they're kind yeah. of making like replicas of yeah, their old yeah. watches that they made. And they're actually damaging the case and stuff is what you'll notice here. You know, this is, this is just strikes so many bad chords with me. Huge watch face, which I didn't like. And the the, the age the patina thing, no. This so is... you don't like that they tried to make a replica of their old watches? No, no. You dislike this. I think this looks pretty decent, actually. See, see, I would like to watch if it was an original, not a replica, that looked like this. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. But that would also right? be really expensive. <laughs> yeah. Or we'd be back in radium watch land. Yeah, but they're trying to, like, um, I don't know. It's okay, like here's a question. Here's, here's what I'm going to... Here's what I'm going to throw at you, okay? Okay. You have to choose between owning a watch like this and owning a watch that just has the patinaed loom. Which do you do? Oh. See, now, see, you're making me pick between two, like, the lesser of two evils, almost. Yeah, that's, so, so... <laughs> that's what we call fun. <laughs> oh, so what do you think? Do you want this? Hard. The whole case is dinged up, a little bit uh, age and, and rust. And, and I'm assuming they're the same price. Yes. Or just one? Okay. Yes, yes. <clears throat> well, without seeing what it would look like where just the patina's been aged, I, I would say I would just go with this one where the whole thing is aged then. Because then at least it looks like a semblance of what an aged one would actually look like. I'm with you on that. I like right? the, like, this is not, this is not patinaed. This is replica. You know what I'm right. saying? And yeah. not replica in the sense of, here is a fake Rolex replica. <laughs> yeah. But replica of I'm trying to really make it look like the time yeah. period. Yeah. I'm I'm a little bit into it. I'm a little bit and into it's a it. Replica with a K as well. Yeah. This is a, this is a six thousand dollar replica. I'd like to see what this watch looked like original new. You know, Com like a like a, a before and after. Uh, they actually have them here. <laughs> I'll send it to you quick. But yeah, I think I think. That trend, you are so spot on. That is a big thing right now. It's kind of niche because I, I didn't think it was that big, but it's when I see it, it's like cringy. Yeah, I think it's hot. I think I think it has a useful place as sort of like a gateway drug into just yeah. buying vintage watches. <laughs> see, see, this one you sent, I, I like this much better than that replica. It's beautiful, yeah. It's also cheaper because, which is ironic, because they didn't beat the crab out of it to look vintage, <laughs> and it's cheaper. <laughs> yes, it's literally true. like the ripped jeans scenario where you're paying for them to rip it. <laughs> yeah, it's eight hundred dollars cheaper. Yeah, I like this one much better. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. The only thing that I don't like about this watch, although we're getting on a bit of a tangent, is that their watches these days often have uh, exhibition case backs, but because they're actually being true to the time period, uh -huh. it's it's a covered case back. Oh. I just love exhibition case backs. Yeah, me too. Unless what you've got in there is particularly hideous movement. Yeah. 
If if you put literally zero effort into finishing the movement, I'm less excited. So let me ask you this, because most Rolexes, I believe, are covered case backs, right? Yeah, almost all of them. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Because well, Rolex um, is like the, like the most prestigious watches. Yeah, what I would say about it is, I guess I'm I'm sort of not hot on it. Mm-hmm. But, but on the other side of things, it does have sort of that vintagey heritage thing because they were doing those case backs the way that they designed them for that waterproofness, which is why Rolex kind of got launched into the stratosphere in the mm. old old times. So yeah. it's kind of heritage for them to do that. So I can't blame them so much. But if you're a new micro brand that's coming out and you're not having an exhibition case back, I'm not into it. Yeah. <laughs> On average. It, but if you think about it, it's it's almost as if it allows Rolex to like not have to care too much about what their movement looks like. But they actually still look pretty decent. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah, they do. They but... don't look like any Alonganzana Glasuta yeah, originals. For sure. Parmigiani Floriet. Parmigiani, Fleurier, whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, they don't look like that. They don't mm-hmm. look like Vianney Halter Deep Space Turbulence. But right. they actually are pretty reasonably, reasonably finished. Yeah. And I'm sure, I, I'm, I'm, don't, don't people can modify the Rolex to have an exhibition case back, right? <laughs> you could do that, but Rolex modding is <laughs> very frowned on. <laughs> Because so much of their value is based on being original. Yeah. Like you modify your Seiko XKX, whatever. Yeah. But nobody's going to want to buy your modded Rolex. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think that we picked some good ones here. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't agree with each other on every one of them. (laughs) Yeah. Got some tension in the room. Yeah. Did have some overlap, but that's okay. I mean, some overlap is good. We don't want everything to be fighting. Yeah. It's not a debate show. Yeah. <laughs> so, is there anything that you'd like to tell the viewers? Um, not much. Just to keep an eye on the Instagram. Um, we're gonna be posting a lot more on there soon. Are you? Because you haven't posted your first one yeah, yet. I know <laughs> you really but, are. <laughs> but I'm going to because uh, because I want to show people that SNK twenty Seiko recraft. Okay. I want to I want to show I want to show the viewer the listeners what it looks like from my eye. So it's going to be, I want to capture that. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds good to me. Me personally, I would also uh, point you towards the Instagram, Crystal Clear Watchmaking. We talked about that humism, uh, Dasin. I don't even know how to pronounce that ridiculous name. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, there'll be a review of that on the YouTube channel when this episode is live. So you can look at that. It's an extremely interesting watch. We can describe it in words, but... This is yeah, one of the gotta, ones you really got to see it. You have to see this thing. And then, of course, uh, feel free to contact us on the Instagram, especially also on YouTube. Everyone that's contacted us about the podcast has gotten a reply. So we love to hear feedback. Go ahead and do that. You can rate us on the iTunes store. Of course, that would really help out. That would be above yeah. and beyond. Um, and other than that, I, I think we're we're kind of covered. Yeah, I mean, we... we... I, I love feedback. Um, I'm sure you do too, Luke. So Absolutely. Um, any topic ideas would be great. Um, anything. Yeah. We, we value you. That's what we're trying yes. to say here. Yeah. And stay tuned. More stuff coming up. All right. Well, it's been great talking to you, Jay. You too, Luke. See you next week. Bye.